Hey, aloha and welcome to the Jeff Reinbold Show. This is our post-divisional round. We're going to look back at the divisional round. We're going to look ahead to the championship round, which for me is the best weekend in football. And uh, joining me today, again, is my partner in crime and uh, gridiron host and journalist, Michael McQuaid from the Emerald Isle, Ireland, where we will be next week. Looking forward to picking you up from the airport next week, Jeff. Uh, here, do you know what? I actually just had this conversation. You're right. A lot of people said last weekend's the best weekend in football. This weekend's the best weekend in football. This weekend is better for me than the Super Bowl because you've got two teams going for a conference championship. Obviously, the winner gets to go to the big dance, but this... This is just special. It's the last time we've got more than one game on a, on a Sunday for like nine months. So um, I'm ready and pumped up and ready to go. And obviously, congratulations to you and the Sky for um, what was a very enjoyable weekend in Manchester. It looked very fun. Uh, and you <laughs> all handled yourselves very well up in Shooter's Bar. It was a great time. I, the Manchester fans are fantastic fans and uh, just like fans all over the UK are. But, um, you know, doing that live obviously brought energy, but, you know, it, there was some, you know, at <laughs> its moments too, because the first night we were right next, Shooters has, has a, you know, a bunch of different rooms and we were right next to a, it must've been a, I don't know, DJ deal, right? Cause the, <laughs> the guy is like banging it in the, in the next room. And it, and it was like really hard to hear. I, Neil was six feet away from me and, and Jason was five and, you know, I could barely hear him. So, you know, what the second day actually I thought went real well, but the fans were great the whole time and the football was outstanding. Most of it, uh, there were some duds, um, but, you know, getting to this point, you look at this right now, Mike, and, and you just think about Hertz, Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Brock Purdy, you know, all quarterbacks under 30 years old, right? There wasn't a, there wasn't a quarterback in the elite eight. That was 30 years old. Dak will be 30 this summer. And he was the oldest guy. And, you know, I remember back a couple years ago, we were, you know, real concern as we watched Peyton, you know, leave the game and Brady was leaving the game and Rivers left the game. And, you know, that veteran group, Matt Ryan was, you could see his start to go downhill. That veteran group was falling away and we didn't know who was going to replace them, but Youth has really been served. I think these quarterbacks played outstanding, most of them. Um, you know, there's some questions, but we're going to talk about this as we go through it with a couple guys. But uh, let's get started on the game, Mikey. Um, the first game we had, Kansas City and Jacksonville, 27-20 to 20 win for the Chiefs. Um, you know, the big storyline for the Chiefs, obviously, is Patrick Mahomes, who suffered a high ankle sprain. And yeah. I thought it was, I mean, you talk about courageous to go back out there with a high ankle sprain and, and, you know, he couldn't even get, they're trying to run wide zone and he couldn't even get the ball hardly to the running back. He had to, you know, like, I mean, hop over to the running back to get him the ball. Great coaching though. I mean, you talk about making an adjustment on the run, you know, Kansas city was trying to work the edges of the Jacksonville defense and that wide zone play is their best run play going to the edge and so when Andy saw that that Patrick was struggling so hard to get the ball all the way to McKinnon and, and Pacheco on the on the uh, wide zone 
he, he they ran more inside zone. That was one adjustment. But the other adjustment, which I thought was absolutely fantastic, he just started throwing screens. And that's the way he attacked the perimeter with the screen game, which, you know, again, that's great coaching. I mean, it doesn't nobody talks about it in the analyst world, but you know, that really, really was good. And speaking of which, I gotta I gotta give a shout out to Greg Olson, who I think is probably the best young analyst out there. Yes, sir. It's funny you said that about Greg Olson because I read a, a like a like a, like a piece today where you're you're almost thinking if Brady does retire, you, you would almost argue that both him and Brady should be in the same booth with the main commentator, Kevin Burkhart. I think his name is. I've been very impressed with Olson. Uh, he was a great player. He's an even better commentator. I I have to say I enjoy Tony Romo, but I I I very much enjoy. Greg's analysis. I think Tony's more crack for me. Like good fun. Um, where where do we start with this one? Obviously, the situation with Mahomes is 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 the main talking point, and is still the main talking point to this day as we record late on a Wednesday night. Um, you be forgiven because I remember Neil said it to you. All. I was watching it when it happened. He said, you know, he's inclined, and I think you agreed with him. You know, I think we all thought Mahomes was done. I don't think any of us thought he was coming back on that field again. When he went, when he went into the tent or whatever, I I thought he was done. I sh- I'd say you, I'd say that you would agree with that. Um, it was shocking. Like at the time, you're thinking, God, like the his season can't come down to this. You never want to see something like this happen to any player, regardless of who you support. But so many different elements in this game for me. The way that Mahomes was was able to come back into the game and try and get some sort of efficiency on the offense. The the Jaguars, the D- Jaguars defense. Who yes. They did let in 27 points, but they they done their job. They held the Chiefs to 27 points. Forget about the whole situation with Mahomes and Chad Henney. Chad Henney's incredible drive. They held their own. If the Jags had yeah, I, you know, one or two more things, they would have won that game, Jeff. I, I think there's some things we can talk about, about you know, and it particularly pertains to playoff football. And as the as the listeners and the viewers, you know, really start to analyze the game you know you can really see how you win and lose playoff games and you know if you look at Kansas City winning you know obviously the things that they did extremely well they didn't turn it over right that's number one the second thing and this this really was true throughout the playoffs they ran the ball well when Pat went down and they had to depend on the running game or lean on, I shouldn't say depend, lean on the running game more than they normally do, they were able to do it. You know, Pacheco was really strong. And you saw how left-hand dominant they are in the running game because they're going to go behind Orlando Brown and they're going to go behind Joe Thune and they're going to go behind Creed Humphrey because that's their best side. And if they go to the right, it's usually to cut the ball back or to go to the edge. So... I thought they ran the ball extremely well. I thought Kelsey had an outstanding game. Uh, You know, he was always available, whether it was Mahomes or in that 98 drive, which is the longest playoff drive in Kansas City Chief history. uh, You know, you look at the play selection in that drive. There's a little route to get it started. It's a run and shoot route that's called Thunder. And Kelsey was at number three. And uh, I think... It was scanning it, too. And what it is, it's two outs and a takeoff outside. And you read it from you read it from the from the slot. All right. So as Scanlon widened off the ball, 
he pulled the flat defender. And the thing that Kelsey does, and this is veteran, I mean, this is just being a great football player and a veteran. He understands where the voids in zone are. And he just sat down in a little, little spot, soft spot in the coverage and gave them, gave his numbers to the quarterback and they completed it. And if you look at Andy's calls in that 98 yard drive, right? It was a great mix of run and pass. And the other thing that struck me, Mike, was Henny never had to throw the ball more than 12 yards down the field. And they marched down the field. He gave him things that were manageable for a guy who hasn't thrown a pass all season, right? Now, Chad Honey is a veteran and he, you know, he's been there before. We saw what he did, you know, coming in for Pat when he got hurt last year. But I do think that you know, that was a great job by Andy. It was a great job by Eric Bieniemy and everybody that was involved in that offense on that drive. Um, you know, I, I think when I watch, you know, I go back to the game, right, and you just see how important it is that you don't take penalties, right? Because Jacksonville got penalized way too many times at the critical moments in the fourth quarter when they still had a chance to come back and win the game, they turned the ball over twice. Those are the things that get you beat in playoff football. And for Jacksonville going forward, there's a tremendous amount that they can take out of this game. And, you know, both in terms of their confidence level, they know they can go into a place like Arrowhead, which is a really hard place to play. They can play well. They can, you know, take, make the game down to the, you know, last possession, a one-score game. But I think for them to take the next step, obviously they've got to become a smarter football team. And when I say smarter football team, I'm not talking about their IQ. I'm talking about their ability to, you know, not penalize themselves, not drop the ball. You know, I mean, Agnew's got the ball at the four-yard line, and he's, excuse me, he's, he just doesn't take care of the football. He's way, the ball's way out of his framework of his body instead of getting it on his body. And he actually hits it on his own hip and creates a fumble. And then, you know, uh, Trevor tried to squeeze the ball in where it didn't belong. And, and that's how you get two turnovers at the end of the game and weren't able to come back. But I, I did say, I do, I do think that they are, they have made tremendous, tremendous, tremendous strides this year. I think if you go back to the London game, there was people in the press box when they were getting beaten for on the in the fourth quarter. I think Trevor threw a pick, um, and there was people talking about Trevor Lawrence as a bust. Look how look how far they've come from then. Look how far they've come in two or three months. It's it's superb. And yes, the story, as you said, the story of this off season will not just be about learning. It'll be about you know evolving and evolving into this next generation of this Jaguars team with Doug Peterson, who has done a superb job and for me is coach of the year. I think that country mile. I, I don't I don't know if I'd say a country mile, but I'm going to say he's going to – I think he's the favorite to get it, certainly, to take that team that was in total disarray when he took it over. You know, and, and Doug said that early on. He said, you know, this team has to heal before it can get better. I mean, they were – it was a bad situation. And, you know, he was – he's way ahead of schedule. What they did with free agency last year turned out to be great for him. They're young. They've got some good young players that they got in the draft. I counted eight of their 26 defensive players that were on the roster, on a 50-man, three-man roster for this game, were all first or second-year players in Jacksonville. 
that means they're going to get better, right? They're going to grow this team. This is a team on the rise and a team that I think, you know, you can talk about being a, a threat for a conference championship next year as they start to, you know, go to training camp, if they can continue on the path they're on. But I want you to listen to this. You know what that just was? That was, that was incredible. I, I, I am not editing that out. That was sensational. For anyone on the podcast, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff slammed the table and his phone completely couped. <laughs> you, you know what that was? First of all, what that was was how low budget we are operating here. <laughs> second, of, <laughs> second of all, second of all, that was the thud of the Giants. Effort. I think I think I'm, that's what you're saying though, because you, you you said about Doug Peterson being the favorite. I think if Dable went out and had a game <laughs> the other night, he was probably the favorite. Jesus, I, I felt sorry for them. I really, really did. That's how bad that game was. Jeff, they didn't leave Penn Station. They did not leave Penn Station. They were atrocious, and I was happy for you that you were all tucked up like Homer Simpson in your bed and not not analysing that game because Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that was an atrocious game. I went to bed at the half knowing that we were not going to get a repeat of the Chargers game the week before. Shock? No, I mean, it was like, it was total domination on the line of scrimmage. Right? There were two games, I thought, in this weekend in the divisional round that, that were dominant performances and the first one was by the eagles particularly up front you know the eagles offensive line you know malata and dickerson and kelsey samalo and johnson those those guys man i mean they just mauled the giant defense they had a 71 percent completion or third down conversion rate mike and they rushed for 268 yards now just so the fans kind of get a sense, if you rush for 150 in the NFL, that's considered a really, really good day. They rushed for 268. They had five sacks in the game, right? Now, we said, and it proved out to be true, that Evan Neal, the rookie right tackle at New York, has struggled in pass protection all season. And Hassan Reddick just put him... I mean, he put him through the ringer and, you know, Josh Sweat on the other side, but they got Mike, they just roll guys out at you. I mean, they got, they got eight deep on the defensive line that can all get up the field. Fletcher Cox. I mean, you just go through that. They are, this Philadelphia Eagle team is really, really good and really physical. And it looked like Jalen was back another, I don't know if he's hundred percent yet, Right, and has all the ring rust off of him, but I thought he made great decisions. Uh, you could see in his ball handling. You could see the one time on the goal line, he was about at the eight yard line. He pulled the ball and ran it in for a score. You know, he he gives them so much when he is distributing the ball. You know, we talk about Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders, you know, really didn't play very much, and. You know, we got we got a guy, the third back, Boston Scott got his regular, got his touchdowns as he always does, it seemed to against the Giants. But it's their third back comes in and rushes for over 100 yards. I mean, it's like it it it's you know, um, Gainwell was amazing. So I was really impressed, really really impressed with the Eagles. You know, that's going to be a, and we'll get to it later, but that is going to be an absolute street fight. 
in Philadelphia this week. Yeah, I actually, I was, I was going to say, let's let's see if the analysis in the Eagles for, for when we talk about this Niners game in a bit. I, I I will say that in a situation where, yes, and I said it last week, where Jalen Hurts had almost that month off and he comes back in, the pressure was on Philadelphia and by God, they delivered. And they delivered without Jalen Hurts having even to go to the next gear. And that sums up a conversation which we could maybe have in the offseason about the postseason and, and the Giants. And I mean... Would the Vikings put up? A, would the Vikings have put up a better show than that? Absolutely, they would have put up a better show than that. But the Giants were all there on merit, and they deserve to be there. And um, we've a, that, that's a really intriguing matchup at, at the weekend, and we should probably talk about the about the Sunday games so we can go and actually preview these games because it's. Well, I, 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 I can't wait to see this game. Let's before we get off the Giants because we got a lot of Giants fans that that you know tweet in here and and feel free to again we're we're always welcoming comments and, and takes from you guys out in in uh, tweet us tweet us in twitter land and and uh you know wherever you know i think what we saw was just how important better is right because if you go through the rosters on those two teams with the possible exception of running back Right. And, the, you know, I don't even know if I could say defensive tackle. Where is there a spot where the Giants are better than the Eagles? Tight end? No. No. Wide out? No. No. Offensive line? No. Defensive <laughs> line? No. Right. Linebacker? No. No. Secondary? No. You know, so, so <laughs> I, I think that I think it's just important that the Giants fans enjoy the fact that they, you know, went back to the playoffs. They won a playoff game. Now they've got to look forward, not backward. Right. And they've got to figure out what they're going to do with their two best players on offense, which are Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. You know, Daniel Jones was so good against Minnesota and then. There were too many times against Philadelphia where he looked like the guy that everybody said, mm, I don't know if that guy's good enough. You know what I mean? Now, Brian Dable and that brain trust in, in New York, I'm sure, are going to look at the whole body of work, right? You know, all, all 17 games, the two playoff games, his practice every day, all of the everything you look at, you evaluate everything. But for all of us that are outside the building, there it was. It was a little. If I'm a Giants fan, I'm I'm like that conversation is going to come up again. Is he good enough? Right? Is he good enough? Yeah, and look, I, I like look. I don't want to know any Giants fans. I, I like the Giants. Um, a lot of time for the Giants, especially when they beat the Patriots twice in the Super Bowl. Believe me, I, it was one of the best nights of my life in 2012. Um. I think that's a very, very, very valid conversation to have, and I think it's it's almost a kick in the can down the road with uh, with Joe Shane and Brian Dable at the minute because I watched the press conference on Monday or Tuesday, and they were, and they were very, very like, oh yeah, Daniel will be back. We we want we want to build a, a Super Bowl winning team around Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones made some incredible improvements this season. There there is no doubt in that, and what Brian Dable done with that roster to get it to where it needed to go to was is was sensational. But 
are you telling me by keeping Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley on frankly expensive enough deals in terms of what they can get, get out there in the market it, it, it's a good move I certainly don't think it is I think the Giants should go in and try and draft a quarterback and build around him I really really do if they believe in the rest of the team or if they believe in coach Dable for him to assemble a team okay keep Saquon go get a quarterback but it just uh, until I see and I'm sorry to Giants fans saying this until I see next season where, where, where Daniel Jones comes in and performs two or further than the performance he had this season and Saquon has another good season again he's had a very rough time of it with injuries I'm, I'm not buying it I'm not well I think it stinks, I, it stinks I think of a 7 and 10 football team next year Jeff I don't want to say it but it does as it stands if they keep Daniel Jones there that's how it is for me uh, I'm really sorry to say well I, I think I think that's a valid argument that's a valid point I mean and that's one of the things that we're going to chew up over the offseason it'll be interesting to see how they do it because you can't you can't franchise them both right and franchising a quarterback is way more expensive than franchising a running back right so you know I don't know. I'm sure. I am sure that there are conversations right now in that building with already with Saquon's people and Daniel Jones's people about how they want to get this done, because both of the players have expressed that they want to stay with the Giants. And I don't think that's just talk i think both kids like playing there i think they like dable they love it there and and, yeah. and they love dable and i i think what they've been able to do jeff with joshi and Ann dable is incredible to give to give daniel jones that confidence is you, you don't see that in every franchise you don't like and it's it's superb to see all right so we're going to move from one ass kick into another one and uh, <laughs> and this one this one shocked me like I, I, I could see, I could have foreseen the, I didn't think it'd be as bad as it was for the Giants, mm. but I could see, I mean, they were on borrowed time. You know, they're just not good enough right now. And it's not a criticism of the Giants. It's just the way it is, right? They had a great season. But I, in no way, shape, or form ever expected the Cincinnati Bengals to walk into Buffalo, New York on a cold snowy night and damar hamlin's in the house and go out and absolutely throttle and i mean throttle the bills because it was you know (laughs) i can only describe it this way it was an ass kicking party and buffalo supplied all the ass I'm, I'm just telling you, it's that's the way. It, that's the way it was. It it was. You looked at that game, and Cincinnati ran the ball. Joe Mixon was outstanding. P. Ryan is a full grown man. They must Buffalo must have missed, and I'm going to go back and count them. But Buffalo must have missed. They were in double digits in missed tackles in the game. Had to be. Right. They couldn't tackle. They couldn't get off blocks. They couldn't pressure the quarterback. They couldn't cover in the back end. I mean, it was bad. And then offensively, they became so dependent and so reliant on Josh Allen to make a play for him. This is the playoffs in the National Football League. This is not East Street Junior High School. Right. Their offense had eight 
total yards in the first quarter. Eight. Eight. That's shocking. You got to get That's 10 to get a first down. Right? So... <laughs> Think about that, and and again, that's a, that's it's it really surprises me. Nobody's jumped all over that. Eight yards in the first quarter, and they couldn't get off the field on defense. So every Cincinnati drive was like it was nine minutes long, right? So the de- offense is over there sitting on the sideline, getting cold. The defense can't get off the field. Uh, you know, then when they go out there, Anna Rumo doubles. Stefan Diggs, which everybody should, all right? You're not going to let him beat, beat you up. And they had no answer. They they cannot run the football. They can't. They won't. They don't, you know, it's, it's like an afterthought. And one more time in the playoffs, right? I hate to sound like Jim Moore, playoffs, but in the playoffs, <laughs> you have to run the football, Right? So the Bengals did, Buffalo didn't. You know, Buffalo threw one interception, Joe Burrow, zero, right? They got no field position out of their kicking game. So you look at the game, and it was was maybe more of a, a throttling than the Giant game was. It really was. I was, I was embarrassed for... Buffalo. I really was. Where do I start here? It certainly wasn't something that I seen coming in the manner in which it was coming. You, you could see a situation where Cincinnati go in and win a close game. Um, there's two elements to hear for me. It was, first off, the, the defense for Cincinnati and, and the work done by Luana Rumo. Not just having the same schematic defensive plays that were easy enough to get to Josh Allen Anarumo on that defense done so well at switching plays up getting to Allen in different ways where Allen was Allen and this is the key here and this is where I think and we'll talk about Mahomes on Sunday here I think Mahomes is screwed if they go out with the same game plan here they did not let Allen get any time at all to make plays you've seen where he's made darting runs of 10 20 25 yards when people argue that the buffalo don't have a run game well cincinnati got to him and didn't even allow him to move at all and obviously there were plays where i think there was a couple of drop passes but for the majority of the game the defense had it and in the week before with the Bengals and the ravens and you've seen and we talked about this last week you know, serious problems for joe burrow with his offensive line in, in my opinion they were serious against the against the ravens We've seen it in the scoreline. They get over the line. Wow. What a performance from, from Joey B. That guy is... I mean, we, we knew he was for real. <laughs> I mean, he took his team to a Super Bowl last year, Dallin. He won in Kansas City. Jesus, Jeff, he's some player. Huh? He is unbelievable. Yeah, he, he is a phenomenal, phenomenal young quarterback. And But you think, is- Jeff, I, 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 I really don't mean to jump in, but I, I, I want to get your thoughts on this because I, 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 I know you're going to talk about the game. You feel like... I, as a Broncos fan, I remember the game against the Ravens, and we felt in the in the playoffs years ago, and we felt this was our year, and that gut wrenching feeling when Joe Flacco makes that play, gets the ball down the field, you know it's over. I think Buffalo fans are not going to admit it. I think they've missed a huge window here. I think this was their year. I think this was the year for the Bills, and they've missed. Well, I, I think I, you know, every year somebody steals somebody else's year, right? And you you look at it, and it's just the way that's way the way the games play, but. 
certainly it's going to be tougher now in Buffalo, right? Because they're going to have to pay him now, right? So you can't pay everybody. And, look, you know, we talked about this on Inside the Huddle. They have been desperate for pass rushers off the edge in Buffalo. They've drafted them, Boogie Basham, Rousseau, Epinesa, right? And they're not getting any production from those guys, right? Ed Oliver is their best inside player. And he's he's a he's kind of hot and cold guy. They those are their draft guys. Those are the guys they're dependent on, right? And now, yeah, did they miss Vaughn Miller? Yes, they miss Vaughn Miller. But this team, here's where I think Buffalo's fatal flaw. Buffalo's not big and physical enough on the front on either of the two sides to be in a game like this where you gotta where you gotta man up. And you know, think about their defense. Their defense is built to do what? Play from ahead because that's what, you know, that's what they expect their offense is going to do. Score early, score often, and the defense can go out there and play, you know, all the zone that, that they love to play. And they've got great coverage linebackers, right? Now, Milano was a college strong safety, right? He is a great will backer in the NFL as long as – he doesn't have bodies on him, right? Because he's not very big, right? Tremaine Edmonds is the same. He's a sideline to sideline linebacker. When they started going north and south with, with Joe Mixon, and again, remember, this is a Bengal team, Mike, that had three offensive lining starters not in the game. You go out there. I mean, Zach Taylor, again, he's another guy that's, you know, kind of nobody ever talks about. Zach Taylor takes a football team that has three of five offensive line starters not playing, right? Lyle Collins, not playing, right? Kappa, not playing, right? Jonah Williams, not playing, okay? That's how many teams can say you can go out there with three out of five are backups and dominate, not win, dominate the line of scrimmage i mean that's an incredible performance by those kids and you know again we don't talk about it because it's easier to what to talk about joe burrow right yeah. and he and we should talk about joe burrow because joe burrow's a great player but i'm going to tell you something i've been in this game a long time and coached a lot of football games and i'm going to you lose to lose three of five starters Right. Jonah Williams, whether whether you think he's a great player or not, but he's a first round draft pick. Right. Kappa, they went out. He was a priority free agent signing in the offseason. Lyle Collins has been an all pro. Those wasn't those weren't just guys. Those were three really good players and really important players. And you put backups in there and shuffle it all around. And go out and perform like that. Ted Karras who they brought from New England, the center, right? I think he may have been Miami, to, but he's originally a Patriot. Has done an incredible job calling protections and getting that front screws. You know, they do, they're so solid. They don't make mistakes. They don't turn protections the wrong way. They don't do any. You saw in the, in the Jacksonville game, like one of the safeties from Jacksonville walks up into B-gap. And the guard lets him run right through the B-gap and hit Trevor right in the face, right? 
that should never happen. And, you know, Jacksonville was playing all their starters and that happened. These guys were out there. They only played together for a week. And what do we say all the time about offensive linemen? Just like defensive backs. They have to learn how to play together, right? These guys didn't even know who they who was standing next to them, right? I mean, it's just like it was such an amazing thing. And we don't talk about it. But I'm, I'm, I tell you what, I, I got a lot of respect for that Cincinnati Bengal football team. Mm. Yeah. And outside of quarterback, different positions, everyone doubts them. Always. Never gives them the credit that they deserve. And I think you have to give them the credit for what was just an incredible performance on both sides of the ball on Sunday. The, the big question hey, is, hey, hey, talk hey, about hey, it. hey, hey, let me ask you a question. Did you hear what they were, t- they, they, were they were pimping the Buffalo fans on the sideline, the defensive linemen were? No. And, and, and we'll they said, they said, we'll see you. We'll see you all in, from Burrowhead. They're calling Arrowhead Burrowhead. <laughs> the Kansas City fans, the Kansas City fans will be hot for that one now. Yeah, like I seen a few videos where they were saying that I seen some Chiefs fans going that they want Burrow, they want the Bengals in because I think they 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 know. They know exactly what's coming. Let's quickly look at that Cowboys Niners game, and then we'll get into this weekend. Um, I guess for me, Jeff, starting off with, um, wow, you know, you, you expect Purdy, who was nominated for Rookie of the Year today, Rook, you know, Purdy was always going to have a difficult game at some point, and he's still obviously no passing touchdowns or rushing touchdowns on the day for him. Still finds a way. The biggest story of this game for me is the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. <laughs> what the hell what's your, was that last what's your play? Take? What, what, what's your take? I'm anxious to hear what your take is. Choker. Complete and utter choker. I don't want to sound like Skip Bayless here, but he has a point, and I, I never thought I'd say this. Do you think Cooper Rush would have went into Santa Clara and scored 12 points with that offense the other night? It, it beggars belief. Now, I understand you have an issue with Pollard going down. And you might not see Ezekiel Elliott get enough production. That's fine. Throw the ball down the field. You're Dak Prescott for the Dallas Cowboys. 12 points. And okay. Niners got a hell of a defense. And Bosa can sack that lads for days. That performance. How we're sitting on a Wednesday night. And McCarthy still has his job. Is beyond me. What the hell has Mike McCarthy got in Jerry Jones? I'd love to know. The thing about championship teams is grinding out results when maybe you have it difficult. The Niners grinded that out, even when they looked comfortable in the third and fourth quarter, they still grinded out a victory when they only scored 19 points. They're, like, other teams would have took that team, to, they, they would have took the Niners to overtime, made it 19-19, took them, took them all the way. They grinded it out, they won the game, and they now have to go and face a beast in Philly this weekend. The Cowboys just again was it the seventh time in a row, Jeff, that they were out in the divisional round, just embarrassing me. There's there's no other way to see it. Was there many Cowboys fans in Manchester at the weekend that you're speaking to? Or yeah, there were a bunch night? of them, and and you know they're they've got a passionate fan base everywhere you go. But I, I think the reality is the reality, right? You know, Jason said this on the broadcast, and you know he played there and he understands the the culture there. And he said, it's all about winning Super Bowls in Dallas. And, but the reality of it is they haven't won one since the 90s, the early 90s, right? And so the, re- the reality of that football team is they're not good enough. Their defense is good enough. 
that defense, Dan Quinn, what he's done with that defense is phenomenal. Parsons is a is a is a rare, rare player. He might be the he might be one of the most unique players in the National Football League, all the things that he can do, how he can wreck a game. Their defensive front and under Adenderta is really good. They're better than advertised in the back end. The linebackers are solid. They play extremely hard, good football team defense. Offensively, they have struggled, and Dak has been – it's been tough. You know, I think you hit something in your initial thoughts. When you lose Pollard, Zach – or Zeke, I'm sorry, is just not that guy. He doesn't have the dynamic ability that – Pollard has. So now Pollard, who running it and catching it the week before, remember, we said, why was Dak better the week before? He got 12 catches from his running backs and his tight ends, right? And he didn't have to push the ball down the field. San Francisco, you know, Dalton Schultz, what did he get? Five catches, four catches? I mean, yeah, uh, it, he, the, he had the touchdown, didn't he? But he was very quiet outside of that. Very, very quiet. Yeah, I mean, and that's what I'm saying. You, he didn't see that kind of game again. And and so, again, the question that people are going to ask, and rightly so, and probably should, is, you know, can Dak put a team on his back, which he needed to do yesterday, and go out and make enough plays for them to win a football game? And you know, it's $40 million you're paying him, Michael. Just do the, just do the economics. The guy on the other Never side, mind the cop hit for Zeke next year as well. $16.9 million cop hit for Zeke next year. It just seems that we're coming to the end of the cycle here for Jerry Jones. But why will he not make the call? Why will he not make the call to do something with McCarthy or Doc or someone? He's very well, chill. I don't, I, I Jerry don't, Again, we're only we're only a couple of days post game, so there, I'm sure there's going to be off season changes, and and there always is for every team. But I, I just think that they've got to really examine where they're going because you got 40 million tied up in your quarterback, right? And he he you get beat by a quarterback that's making 985 thousand, right? That's <laughs> I mean I'm no math guy. That's 39 million dollars difference between the, what you're paying the two quarterbacks, and you know. Certainly, even though Brock was not, quote, outstanding, he did not turn it over. What did I say again? One more time. He didn't turn it over, right? Dak turned it over. Dak should have been. I don't know what Eric Armstead was thinking or what happened. He should have been sacked for a safety late in the game, right? But um, and you, you just can't take a safety in that situation. I mean, like, it's just so sometimes you just I don't know what goes on, what goes wrong. I love the kid, but I just I, I, I mean, if you're a Cowboy fan, you got to be really, really frustrated. And they lose Dan Quinn to the Denver job. Right. Which may happen. Yeah. That defense will take a step back. I don't care who I don't care who they put in there. Right. Because he does such a great job with those players. Um, all right. Let's look at this weekend, Mikey. The four best teams in football, right? The four, and I truly believe these are the four best, right? They are. They are. All right. First one I want you to talk to me about is I want your take on that heavyweight contest that's going to be in Philadelphia. Let's stay on the Niners for a second because 
if Brock Purdy is to somehow take this Niners team to the Super Bowl, he obviously has to go into Philly and win against this, as you've said, heavyweight team. Yes, you can cover George Kittle. Yes, you can try and block Christian McCaffrey from running the ball. But when you got Elijah Mitchell, Brandon Ayuk, Raymond McLeod, um, Ju- Kyle Juszczyk as well, never mind his defense that you got leaded by Bosa. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see what the Niners can do on Sunday in Philly. Now, take away from the fact that Sirianni is a complete freak and the atmosphere is going to be nuts in Philadelphia. It's like... It, it, it sounds like a cop-out, but it is too heavy to go up against the Chalmers because when it hurts and it's this offense for the Niners, you would expect, in my opinion, a shootout. And I think that's what we want and what we deserve as NFL fans. We deserve a shootout on Sunday. Like AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, the defense, slay, it, the run game, it's just, it's literally salivating. I can't... Okay, I you know the Niners on a different podcast, but I, Jeff, I can't pick a winner on Sunday. I, that's how mad this. All is. right, and I know right. a lot of people are picking the Eagles, but I find it very, very difficult to pick either one. Genuinely. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this question. You say you want to. It's good. We deserve a shootout. What's a shootout? You want a 45-44 game? It, what about? Yeah. What? A, oh, I I think it's gonna be a. I think it's gonna be. Slugfest. A, I, exactly. They're going to the middle of the ring, from the first bell. And they are going to just start throwing. And I mean throwing on each other. And so I want to do this exercise with you. Okay. You and I are going to pick. I'm going to throw. I'm going to say Niners or Eagles. Okay. So let's go through it this way. Let's evaluate it this way. We'll start with the offensive line. Niners or Eagles? Eagles. Right. Running back. Niners. Tight end. Niners. Wide receiver. Eagles. Ooh. All right. Defensive line. Niners. That's controversial. Whoa! I gotta, I gotta, I gotta explain that. You, hey, as they used to say in the Ricky Ricardo show, you got some explaining to do, right? Because I want right, to know why you think. Uh, that. Obviously, the Eagles, the Eagles, Eagles, Eagles. All right, it's fair. Linebacker, linebacker. Eagles. Really? L- linebacker. Brett Warner, Dre Greenlaw. Okay. Oh, right. Niners. Stand up for what's standing there. Stand in there. <laughs> keep, keep throwing punches. Secondary. Ooh, Eagles. Okay. Eagles. Has to be. Tight end. I mean, excuse me, fullback. Fullback. Niners. <laughs> yeah. Because the Eagles don't really play with one. But. No. Okay. So when the reason for that, I wanted to do that was. Just to try and illustrate how even these teams are, Mike. It's almost like they're—it's almost like they're carbon copies in some ways, right? Because you look at—you look at the offensive lines. Each of them has. So, for example, Lane Johnson for the Eagles is the best right tackle in football. Okay. Yeah. Trent Williams for the San Francisco 49ers is the best left tackle in football. Okay. 
Mike McGlinchey, the right tackle for the 49ers, he's not the greatest pass protector in the world, right? He's probably in the bottom half of the league at tackle, right? Jordan Mailata on the other side for the Eagles, exact same guy. Mauler in the run game, but has trouble sometimes in the pa- in pass protection. So they're the same guy. Goddard is a poor man's George Kittle. He just doesn't block as well as Kittle does. <laughs> I but we that. saw last week. We saw last week he, he can make plays, right? He can, yeah. A.J. Brown, you know, it was a great job last week of taking A.J. Brown out of the game because he really wasn't a factor. But as soon as they saw what was up, they, you know, Hurts went right to Devonta Smith, and he had a great game, right? My con- question is, and, and there's a play on – Devonta Smith's touchdown in the right end zone, right corner of the end zone. If you watch it close, uh, A.J. Brown does a great job of blocking for him. But that's what San Francisco does every play. Those receivers are really good blockers. So I would give them the not a little bit. Now, so the one position we haven't talked about is the most important position on the football field. Who you like, Eagles or Niners? Eagles. There you go. <laughs> there you go. But that like, to me, that to me is what swings it because it's very, very close everywhere else. Plus, you're playing in Philly. I think, yeah, I think, I think the Philly factor is huge. But that being said, and we said a minute ago about how the Bengals come into to to to, to Buffalo and, and shut everybody up. The Niners have got the assets and the talents on their offense and defense to do it. So it's not out of the question. It's I really hope it's not a slugfest as you as you've said though. I really, really want it to be a high scoring game. So you're you're telling us all to bet the under is what you're saying, yeah? That's the plan. No, I'm not saying I'm not no 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 no. I'm just saying that when you say slugfest, right, you're talking about a score fest. You want points, right? And that may be, it may turn out that way, but I think that field is going to be loaded with with great players. I mean, great players. I, Somebody, I, somebody's great players. Somebody's great players are going to have. That's what happened with the Cowboys. The Cowboys didn't have enough great players, right? And so on that play where Kittle late in the game isn't even a primary receiver in the in the in the play, he makes an unbelievable football play, just reactionary football play. And Purdy gets him the ball. Yeah, and he's going to get hit. He's got the ball. He just catches the ball. He's going to get hit. And he has the awareness to turn his body and miss. And the guy misses it, right? Or he may have dropped the ball. It was such an un- incredible play. Now, who's got enough guys to make that play, right? So I think it's going to be I think it's going to be an unbelievable game. I, I am so much looking forward to this game. I won't sleep the night before because it's it's like it's, <laughs> this will be the Super Bowl. I think this is a, to me this will be the Super Bowl. I I think after the year that we've had in the NFC, and I'm not trying to be down on any team. I think in the year in which the AFC has been a complete juggernaut, I think we deserve a hell of a game here, and, we, and we're going to get a hell of a game here in in this NFC Championship, and. Um, I'll I'll definitely say but I, I'm I'm turning the phone off the night before, but I I fully agree that 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 Kittle play has actually been fire on TikTok. It's an unbelievable play. So yep. I, I'm taking the Eagles. 
Are you taking the Eagles as well? Yeah, and I picked the 49ers to win the Super Bowl, right? That was my pick from two months ago. But right I now, think if the game I was in Levi's, that, Jeff, if, if, if Jeff, if the game was in Levi's, I, I agree I'm with you. the Niners. I agree with you. I agree with you. I, and again, now I don't want to be overreacting to the fact it was the Giants that they smashed last week, right? Which is a little bit. That's a little bit of a you know concern. Let's go on to the next one and the last one, and then we'll get out of here. But um, Kansas City, Cincinnati, in Burrowhead, right? I'm going to tell you something. I know those Kansas City fans. And they start saying that Burrowhead thing this week, and it goes viral on the Internet. And, you know, they are going to be like it is going to be a circus in that in that stadium. But, yeah, I watched Mahomes run a little bit today. He ran better. He still got a little bit of a limp. He is a tough sucker and really a tough sucker. But. Cincinnati's, I think Cincinnati's a good football team. I mean, I really think they're a good football team. What about you? <laughs> this game stinks of... Now, let, let me just, for, for, for the podcast, I'm a Denver Broncos fan. I see the Chiefs a lot, obviously, playing twice a year. I'm sick to the death, but I, I can appreciate the talent that Mahomes has and, and the talent that their head coach, Andy Reid, has and his ability to to lose Tyreek Hill and still incorporate an offense around Patrick Mahomes and Valdez Scantling and Juju and, and guys that we haven't even seen that much of this season like Sky Moore for example but Pacheo in the run game has been really really enjoyable to watch so the Chiefs are always going to be up there um, this game stinks of Mahomes not being fully fit the Bengals defense not getting to him still and plays being made I, I, I'm thinking first and ten to Pache on the, on the run. Oh, it's second and five? I'll give it to McKinnon. Or I'll, I'll dump it off to Travis Kelsey. Uh, the, the, the game stinks of the Chiefs getting it over the line by three or four points. And the Kelsey brothers playing each other in the Super Bowl. That's what this game stinks of. And I, I, as a fan, I'll never forget, I was saying this on my own podcast earlier on, I'll, I'll never forget how I felt when Joey B and the Bengals went into Kansas City last year and shut the world up. Not just the Chiefs fans, they shut the world up. I couldn't believe it when Evan McPherson hit that field goal to win the AFC Championship. By God, they're going in there with some team this year and you would not take it easily if they're going to win this game. They have a hell of a team, mate. You know, if you can just fire it off to Higgins every so often and the fact you've got Joe Burrow sitting there, never mind the way that that, that, that defense went into Buffalo last week. This is anybody's game. It's it, it's a coin flip for me. I mean, Mahomes could go down in the third quarter and they could still bring in Chad Henney, for God's sake. So it's just like a situation where I don't know. I genuinely don't know. But I'm going to say the Chiefs, a close game. Uh, and I've got the Eagles-Chiefs Super Bowl. Now, I want it to be the Eagles-Bengals because I think an Eagles-Bengals Super Bowl would be sensational. You wouldn't be on the TV screen with Ryan Fitzpatrick. You'd be in the press box with me living it up. And uh, yeah, it's going to be good fun, man. You know, I, I think it's going to be a great game. Again, there it's a probably like I don't know if I ever remember a championship series with two games like this, and um, you know, <laughs> you talk about the quarterbacks. You talk about, I mean, you got two guys at tight end and playing this weekend that will probably go to the Hall of Fame when their careers are over. Two other guys that are really, really good players. You look at the wide receivers playing in these in this tournament still and you know 
AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, you know, that Juju Smith Schuster, Scanling, Miko Hardeman's coming back. I mean, it is, I mean, they're everywhere. We haven't talked about, you know, Higgins and that crew, you know, that at Cincinnati. Stocked, I mean, Jeff. Stocked. Oh, Orlando Brown, you know, got, you know, I mean, it's just like Joe Tooney. You got, I mean, every position that you talk about this weekend, you're going to see elite level players playing, right? Every position. We got, we got a kicker who's never, he's 40 years old and he's never missed the playoff field goal. Never, not one. <laughs> right? So, you talk, I mean, this is elite level players as good as you'll see right so i don't care what fan you are of right if you're a football fan if you love football and if you're an offensive line guy you ought to be just salivating because you're going to see some of the best offensive linemen in the national football league playing this weekend quarterbacks you got them all tight ends love them wide receivers boatload of them pbs plenty right I mean, it's 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 unbelievable what's out there for the fans to watch this weekend. Bring it all, my friend. Who's winning the Bengals or Bengals or Chiefs? I, I'm I, I I'm again, particularly because Pat's a little gimpy, and I think he'll play, and I think he'll play well. But I, I'm going to give the I'm going to give the nod to Cincinnati. Um, and where are we next week, Michael? Um, you're in Belfast on Thursday night you're in Dublin on Friday night um, it's going to be a show emceed, hosted by Richard Graves your friend, my friend from Sky Sports NFL Network um, and there are some guests on the evening some surprises on both evenings um, and Jeff I would love to say more about it but you're completely sold out so I, I, you can't even sell any more tickets but uh, I, I, if you're around Dublin on the Friday Jeff will be going around having the crack I'll, I'll be working you, you, you'll be going around but we have to get a pint of the black stuff at some point next week but that's in Belfast or Dublin <laughs> most likely Dublin and um, looking forward to Jeff because I mean like we're, we're, we're heading out to Arizona after and, and this, this is it this is this is it the season's up now I mean the season basically ends on, on, on Sunday night because we get into the final stretch and um, it's going to be good fun I'm definitely looking forward to seeing you again and uh, I know a lot of people in Ireland are very excited for us they're both north and south of the border and it's going to be great crack yeah, we're going to release this tonight, I think, on, on audio, and then we'll have it on video later. And and I think we ought to Thursday morning, 6 a.m., and, and video uh, Thursday night. I, I think we ought to, uh, honestly, ought to release it again on Sunday morning so you can listen to it before the game because, it's a, you know, I, it'll give you a chance to get your blood flowing a little bit for the for what is promises to be an unbelievable night of football on Sky Sports. Absolutely, Jeff. Enjoy the weekend and obviously all the best to you, Neil, Jeb, Alan, Phoebe and the team. Uh, I see Phoebe brings a, a, a fierce selection of sweets going by her Twitter account to the show on a Sunday night. So uh, I look forward to hearing all the gossip this week. But here, look, enjoy it. Um, I know as fans, we'll be looking forward to seeing the last time that you're in the studio for at least another nine to 12 months. So uh, enjoy it, my friend. And uh, thanks, again, thanks obviously to everyone who listens to this podcast and continues to. Mike, let's put this out there. Let's put this little little uh, challenge out there. I want to have one Chiefs fan, one Eagle fan, 
one Bengal fan, all right, mm. and one Niner fan come on a little – let's do another one before – I'm so fired up. Let's do another one before Sunday and have the only one fan, right? So fan clubs out there, nominate your guy to come on this show and give us the reason why your team should win this weekend. Can we pull that off? I'll try. I'll try my best. At the very, very least, a hype video, but I will definitely try. I leave it with me, my friend, and I'll see what I can do. All right, man. Always oh, awesome. Appreciate everyone watching this. Jeff, thanks a million, mate. Mahalo. I'll see you guys soon. Thanks for listening, folks. Aloha. Mahalo.